Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. The Green Bay Packers offense is starting to gain traction. The Packers defense is starting to gain respect. Much maligned at the outset of the season, the Packers' defense has evolved into a consistently good unit, and the Packers' D has performed well despite a rash of injuries. Welcome. I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for another, of course, riveting Packers podcast. How are you doing, Rob? I am great. Did you survive Thanksgiving, buddy? Uh, five pounds later? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> there you go. You survived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a great Thanksgiving, and the weatherman cooperated, so all is good. By the way, you got your snowblower ready to roll? No way. I mean, I I do, but we're we're not breaking that out till January, Gary. There's there's no snow coming. No way. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish that was the case. Uh, I refuse to believe it. <laughs> well, do you believe what Joe Barry has done with that Packers defense? Uh, oh God, are you? <laughs> Come on. I, I remember how much, how much love are you gonna give this guy this podcast, Gary? As oh, I'm giving him we're a going a Joe Barry love affair. Love affair. The guy has kept that defense intact against <laughs> all odds. I mean, tell me one team in the NFL that doesn't have its entire secondary, starting secondary that was projected at the beginning of the season available. They, they should be shredded every week. Gary, where do they rank in total defense? I know, and you know why, right? Well, where do they rank? Oh, they're they're down about 18th, 19th. Yep, 18th. So, yeah. listen, the, the the guy's done a nice job, right? Oh, let's, here let's we not, go. <laughs> let's not get crazy, though, Gary, about the number 18, all right? I mean, but, but you know what? Every, Gary, everybody in this league is beat to hell on November 28th. Oh, not, not like this. Well, and now you, they're going to get healthy. You tell me, Rob. Tell me one team that has all four starting defensive backs out. Well, no. I'm guessing. I'm guessing on that one, Gary. Yeah, they're they're the only one. But again, they they haven't been hit real hard on the defensive line. They've they've missed some games here and there at inside linebacker between, you know, Quay and uh, fifty nine. They've brought Gary back slowly, but those other guys have been there all year. Preston Smith has played from. From the get-go, Gary, Van Ness hasn't missed any time, and Ibarri yeah. hasn't missed any time at outside. Yeah, so. but Van Ness, Van Ness has hardly been a factor. I mean, that's... I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Gary, there, yeah. there's one of your rotational guys, so your your outside linebackers are intact, your defensive line has largely been intact, and your inside guys have, you know, largely been intact. Quay a little bit right here and there. Devondre Campbell a little bit here and there. You're, well, you're did, not did, off, did, how many games did Campbell miss? Yeah, I bet he's missed. Four. I bet he's missed four. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, Gary, we could we could pick any team in the league though, and 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 maybe I should have done this prior, you know, coming in into into the podcast. But you know, I and and, and Gary, I'm not trying to sell Joe Barry short. I'm really I'm really not. They've they you know they are <laughs> they are tenth right now in points allowed, which pretty pretty good number, Gary. But with what they've spent on that side of the ball. That's probably where they should be and where they should have been. I, I I don't disagree with you. The last couple of games, what they've done against Detroit and against the Chargers with all four guys in the back missing has been unbelievably impressive. You know, a guy like Owens, 
has really stepped up and played well. Uh, Corey Valent- uh, Valentine has played extremely well. Valentine, not as much. Uh, Anthony Johnson, not as much. But again, they're fill-ins. They're, you know, seventh and eighth, probably in line on, on your secondary top-to-bottom depth chart, Gary. And, and But, you know, how, however you want to look at it, here, here's the good news then, too. At Monday's practice, Jair is back. Rudy Ford is back. They're real close to getting Stokes and Savage back. You know, that they, they, they could line up on Sunday night against Mahomes and have all four of those guys theoretically uh, mm-hmm. on the field and certainly have three of them maybe uh, at, at worst, Gary. So um, they are getting healthier on the back. They've got young guys that have stepped up and played really well uh, kind of in, in their absence. And, and, and we've seen Rashawn Gary continues to get better and better and that front seven is growing. So, I mean, Gary, we, we've talked about it since the, since the start of the year, since we, you know, probably since training camp, the first couple months we said could be, could be tricky for this football team because there was so much youth, but if they could survive the first half of the season and get to the back half with some of these young guys, primarily on offense growing up. And if the defense could kind of fortify itself, they could be a really interesting team. We said in December and maybe into January. And and that, that is kind of where it's trending right now. I mean, if, I'll be honest, Gary. I, I think they're going to not only make the playoffs, I think they'll wind up in that five or six hole when this is all said and done because the schedule is so soft here uh, over the over the next six games. I think they'll win four or five of them for sure and get to nine or ten wins when we're all said and done, Gary. And, man, I'm telling you, if, if, if that's the case, that's a red-hot football team that I don't think I want to play in the middle of January. No, absolutely not. But, uh, you know, like, like I said, I, I'm not saying uh... – Joe Barry is the second coming of Phil Bankston. <laughs> I mean, but who, but who is, you know, again, I'll bet Rob, I'd be very curious. Uh, I, I've, I like you have followed the Packers a long time. I don't ever remember them playing four backups in the secondary. I mean, it, it, it's crazy that those guys shouldn't be playing really. Well, they're in the league for a reason though, Gary. And and you're not You're not wrong either. I mean, I'm with you. I don't ever remember a stretch either where they were missing an entire positional group. You know, I, I do remember various years where they get hit hard at certain spots, mm-hmm. but you know, they've always still got a starter or two available. I mean, I remember years, you remember even in that 96 season, Gary, uh, when, the, when they won the Super Bowl, they had that stretch in the middle of the year where they went to, where they went to Dallas and, and played Kansas city and they played the Rams in that stretch and they didn't have any of their wide receivers. Remember Don Beebe had to step up and be the number one wide receiver because Brooks was gone. Freeman was gone. You know, I, I, I think the tight ends were beat up at that point in time too. You know, so I, I remember various times through their history, Gary, where a positional group does get decimated, but not to the point, I guess, where you're down all, all, all of your starters. And, and that is kind of where they've been the last couple of weeks uh, in the back. So, yeah, I mean, no, no doubt, Gary, you know, there's a lot of credit to be given to those, to those defensive people. Now I will say this 37 Valentine is going to be a starter in the league for quite a while. This is a really good young football player. They stole him in the seventh round. He can run. He's got great hips. Gary plays the ball extremely well, smart studies, hard physical. He, he, he's kind of everything you want. 
uh, in a corner and, and how he was sitting there in round seven is a, is, is, is a real question. And they, they kind of stole him and it was one of the reasons they felt okay making that Rasul Douglas trade because they thought they had enough depth at that position. Now that was of course, before Jair Alexander got hurt again, but they've held up and they've survived. Jonathan Owens has played far better as a green Bay Packer Gary than at any point in his career. I mean, pro football focus last year when he started and played 900 snaps or whatever it was for Houston had him rated as one of the worst safeties in football. You saw the game against Detroit the other day. He was really, really good from top to bottom and just had an outstanding game. Uh, so Gary, they, they, you know, they've got guys probably playing a little bit above their, their skis right now and maybe playing a little bit over their heads, but they're about to get healthy and back at the most critical time of the year. They've built up some depth. And again, they've played the pass extremely well from, you know, the overwhelming majority of the year, their problems have been stopping the run, not the pass. So, you know, Gary, if they get these people back, if they started get start getting guys back like Jair and, and Savage and Rudy Ford to, to fill in the blanks here, it, uh, it it could be a, a defense that I don't want to get too crazy, Gary, because this defense has burned a lot of people through the years, but it, it, it could be a defense that when we get to the middle of January, that is, you know, at least one of the top six playoff teams, let's say, or something like that, Gary. They're not going to be to the elite level, I would say, of, you know, a Baltimore, you know, a San Francisco, a Dallas, a Kansas City that that makes the playoffs. But, they, you know, that they, they could be in the top half of defenses, Gary, that make the playoffs. Oh, I, I totally agree. You know, the other thing that uh, has impressed me about Barry's defense, it, it, like you brought up, is their – number of yards per game they've allowed passing and they rank ninth in that category rob now you look at the top four teams in that category they're cleveland dallas baltimore kc to me that's a pretty important stat and if you can be in the upper third in passing yards per game i I think you have a chance and uh, they've done that no, it's going to be interesting if, if Alexander comes back. And the, the guy I'm very curious about for the rest of the season is Stokes. They, yeah. they got to they got to find out if this guy can play or not, because that's going to impact him going forward. Well, it is only year three, Gary. Remember, and he was a first round pick, so he's got a five year contract. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it's not like you need an answer on Eric Stokes by February first if if he's you know, part of your future or not. He's part of their future there. I mean, there's no doubt they've now granted they've had no other choice, but they've been extremely patient with him. I mean, it's a incredibly patient. Yeah. You know, but, but, but what are you going to do? Right. I mean, right. When, when the guy, when the guy is beat to nonsense, like he, like he has been those, those were a couple of pretty bad injuries that, that he did suffer, but, but I'm with you, Gary, I'll, I'll be real intrigued. I know, you know, I, I know he's unbelievably anxious to get back. The, the The difference between Stokes, Gary, coming back from this injury and maybe some other guys is, is Stokes has a remarkably good attitude. He's been around for everything. You see him around his teammates. You see him around the locker room all the time. Some of these guys, Gary, go off and hide and they, you know, and, and everybody handles that kind of stuff differently. But, um, you know, Stokes is Stokes is one of these guys who has – just an exuberance to him, Gary, and mm-hmm. an attitude. I I think in a personality that rubs off on a lot of people, and 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 
and and he's he really is Gary an uh, an outstanding team locker room type of guy. Where Jair is not one of those people, for example. You know, Jair's about Jair, and Eric Stokes is kind of I think about everybody. I think internally they're rooting really hard for him. Everybody on that team is rooting hard for him. It, it, it's it's a great story, Gary. If he can come back and contribute at some point in time, you know, over the next month as they try to make a a push for the playoffs. But I'll be honest. They're going to want him, you know, to use the entire offseason to make sure he shows up in mini camps and the OTAs and training camp at 100% and that they can pencil him in as one of their starters on the outside next year, Gary. Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, he's huge. I mean, you know, I, I, I hate to uh, keep hitting a dead horse here, but in the NFL, as you well know, it's all about passing. On offense and on defense, it's stopping the pass. And and if you got average or below cover guys, you're you're going to be hurting. And uh, Valentine has been a godsend. I mean, he's played great. But again, you, you just wonder if he's going to hold up. I mean, it's just a small sample size with him. And uh, Valentine, I'm not sold on him at all. I, I think they're flirting with fire with that dude. But anyways, now Savage is possibly coming back pretty soon too, right? Yeah, Savage is off IR, I mean, and in, in, in that 21-day window. So mm-hmm. Savage is a guy they could have as soon as, as Sunday night against against the Chiefs. And, you know, Rudy Ford's the other safety, Gary. He was back at practice on Monday. Um, you know, Stokes will be the guy. Another guy they, they've got to take off that 21-day IR and, and you know, use that window to, to start bringing him back too. But, but again, I mean – those were supposed to be their guys when the year started and Rasul as well, obviously, you know, Rudy Ford won a job at safety in the, in the summer, he outplayed Jonathan Owens and Rudy Ford was really good for him last year too, Gary, you know, so they, they were, they felt fine going with Stokes and Ford and obviously have missed Stokes here now for a month and a half. And, and Rudy Ford's kind of been in and out of the lineup recently. They, they felt outstanding about their corners as, 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 as many concerns and worries, Gary, as they, as they had at safety, they felt that strongly on the flip side about the corners. We we know how that's played out, right? They they trade Rasul. Stokes hasn't been healthy. I think Stokes has played four snaps. Uh, Jair's been in and out of the lineup, played about half the games. So their depth there has really been hit and and hurt. But but again, now you know about a third of the season left, Gary, with six games of the seventeen, and and they head to the home stretch here, and they're going to have. You know that they're going to have most of their guys. It's uh, it it sets up as a really positive scenario for what this defense could do, Gary. You know, coming down the stretch uh, against, I mean, let's be honest, a really, really remarkably soft schedule and a ridiculously bad group of quarterbacks coming up, Gary. I mean, after and now after Mahomes, right? Which obviously, I mean, best player in the league. You know, it's probably going to wind up challenging. We can get into this later when we talk about this matchup. Going to wind up challenging Brady as being talked about as maybe the greatest quarterback, you know, whoever lived. But after that, after they get through Sunday night, Gary, it's the Giants with Danny DeVito or whatever. <laughs> Danny DeVito. Right? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what's great about that? The kid lives at home with his mother. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, I know it's happened. I, I, you know, I covered the NBA and there were a couple of guys that did that, but that's unbelievable. You know, that, that the NFL, NFL quarterback is, is living with his mother. I mean, that, that's crazy. It's a remarkably funny story, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So they'll see a really bad Giants team, Gary, 
on a Monday night after the Chiefs game. They'll see Baker Mayfield, their old pal, who threw him four balls on Christmas a couple years ago and still is a really bad quarterback coming to town with, with Tampa Bay. They'll go out and see a Carolina team, Gary, that's an absolute mess and a train wreck and just fired their coach. And and from day one, I didn't like that quarterback pick, and it, and it hasn't played out real well. They're going to see Minnesota, who has no idea who their quarterback is coming home here over the next month after Josh Dobbs is so bad Monday night. And they'll see a Bears team, Gary, who, who knows, by week 18, they might have already said, we're done with the Justin Fields era. And and they might have moved, you know, back to the rookie badgent or whoever it turns out to be, right? So, yeah. so this defense that we're talking about, Gary, that's put up pretty good numbers up until this point in time, right? You know, 10th in scoring, they're okay in total defense, really good against the pass. They've got a chance in the next six games to really keep climbing. And by the time we're done with the season, Gary, you know, that they're at 20 and a half points a game, what they're allowing right now. I could see that number over the next six games coming down two, three points mm-hmm. into the 17, 18 range, because they, you know, they, they, they could easily shut out a Carolina. They could hold the giants to six, right? They could hold the bears to nine, whatever it's, it, it sets up incredibly well, the remarkably favorable schedule for the Packers here over the next six games. And I'll tell you another thing that the Packers defense has in its favor is like a rejuvenated and healthy Rashawn Gary. I mean, last Sunday he was, or Thursday, I should say, he was a beast. I mean, that that's the Rashawn Gary. I think everybody, you know, is kind of expecting. And when he plays at that ultra high level, that defense just goes to another level. Gary, what was so impressive to me too, again, the three sacks and, you know, the, the, the strip sack early, you know, that he, that he recovered himself and, you know, just play after play is he did it against arguably a top three offensive line in the league. I mean, Philly is clearly the best offensive line in, 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 in football. I don't think anybody's going to argue that Dallas has a great one. San Francisco's is, is really good. We could go through a bunch of them that are, that are really good, but Detroit is right in the mix, Gary, their, their offensive line is outstanding. And the fact that Gary did it, and he went back and did it at a place where he tore his ACL, you know, 12 months ago uh, was impressive. Gary, since he had signed that contract a month earlier when he, and he got the big money, he got the extension, whatever it was, four years, 107 million, I think something to that effect, Gary, he hadn't been, he hadn't been a difference maker. Not, not, not even close. I mean, I, I think he no. had, had as many face mask penalties as he had quarterback pressures. So he, he wasn't getting a whole lot done. Gary in in terms of the pass rush and 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 he showed up and he was big time on on Thursday and and you're right it did open some things up for for some other guys I mean remember late in the second quarter there you know Preston Smith single team single blocked and and and, and he, he gets through and he hits Goff's arm on a fourth and four from Green Bay's 35 which is you know I, I have no idea why uh, Detroit was going for that. I don't, I have no idea why Detroit ran a fake punt from their own 22 yard line, things like that through the course of that game, but they did Gary and green Bay took advantage and, and, and Rashawn Gary opened some things up for, for some other players. Not only was Rashawn dominant Gary, you know, but, but he opened the door for, for some other people to get some stuff done too. I think Gary's up to maybe eight and a half sacks at this point in time, six games left. He certainly has a chance to get in that 12 to 14 range, which is, which is one heck of a year. When you talk about a guy uh, coming off the knee, like he was, he should only get better. Gary, he's not one of these people. He's not the Cletius hunt 
type of a player that is going to get his money and then he's just going to rest on his yeah. laurels. That That's not who Rashawn Gary is. He wants to be a pro bowler. He wants to be an all-timer. You know, he, he wants to be a great. He wants Super Bowls. Cladius Hunt just wanted his dope and, you know, to, to hang out on the beach and listen to Bob Marley after he got paid. Hey, what's all what's all wrong with that? <laughs> hey, it's a, hey, good for Cladius, right? But, uh, good old Cladius. Yeah. Uh, Rashawn, I, I, my point is, though, Rashawn Gary's not that kind of player. And he's never going to be. You're, you're going to get an honest day's work out of Rashawn Gary every day of his life. And that's why I think Green Bay felt okay. I, I had some reservations, Gary, about that deal. Four years, 107. That's a heck of a lot of money. You know, you're paying him among the elite pass rushers. And while I think he's very, very good, you know, is he in that TJ Watt category? No, you know, he's no, not. And you know, does he deserve that kind of money? No, you know, he doesn't deserve TJ Watt money. He didn't quite get TJ Watt money, but, but the guy is an outstanding football player. And, you know, he's certainly a guy you couldn't afford to let get away. He's not going to have more than a game or two, like he did against Detroit. You wouldn't think Gary in a, in a given year, you know, three sacks is a monster game. You, you start to talk about career highs and, and things like that, but he should be a player in general, you know, that, that has eight to 10 outstanding, really solid games every season, Gary. And there's going to be five or six always where the opponent is able to take him away. And then once or twice, maybe you have the landmark breakthrough career type of game like uh, Rashawn Gary had in, in Detroit on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the other thing about the defense, uh, coming into the, the Thursday's game against Detroit, I think all of us were under the impression that the Lions were going to run it up on the Packers again. I mean, the last time they played, how many points did they score? 34, 35? 34-20, yep. Yeah, 34 points, and I think a lot of people are saying, uh-oh, they're, they're going to run roughshod over the Packers' defense again. And the Packers gave up 22, and I, well, and again with a depleted secondary, and, and I thought that was a really, really impressive perform, performance by the uh, Packers because I mean, Detroit's got a pretty good offense, and, and they kept them in check. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, to say the least, Gary. You know they've they've probably got one of the best young offensive minds in football running that offense, and Ben Johnson. My guess is he'll be Carolina's head coach. You know, probably by by the middle of January, he'll he'll be the guy I would think they'll target. Um, and if you know if he doesn't wind up in Carolina, he'll have other offers. I mean, the, every year there's six to eight to ten jobs that open up by the time we get to the end of the season, and 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 he will be heavily heavily courted, Gary. No, I mean we talked about it on our on our last podcast, just just how dynamic that group is. I mean, St. Brown. You know who gets twelve targets and ten catches per game. It it seems like the emergence of the young kid from Alabama who gets better and better. The rookie tight end from Iowa is outstanding. They've got two running backs, Gary, who I think anybody in the league would want in Montgomery and Gibbs. I mean, Gibbs is outstanding. Uh, Montgomery's just a workhorse. And like I said, it all starts, Gary, with the offensive line, and and they've kept golf clean all year. Now, what you saw, and, and this is the key to beating Detroit, Gary, and this is why Green Bay was able to get it done on the defensive side of things, Jared Goff's a really good quarterback when everything around him is going well, Gary. When everything is blocked up well, when receivers have time to run their routes, when, when everything is in sync and in system. 
when you get Jared Goff off his spot where he wants to throw it from and not just sit in the pocket clean all day and you make him get a little bit of happy feet gear, you make him move outside the pocket, you make Jared Goff go off script to make a play, it's not happening. And Bill Belichick did that in the Super Bowl when they held the Rams to three points and and the Rams looked deep inside that organization and said, we cannot win a Super Bowl with this guy. And they moved on from him and they won one two years later, or the year later, I guess, with, with Matthew Stafford. Great move by the Rams. I think Jared Goff's a really good quarterback, Gary, but he's not a great quarterback. He's never going to be a great quarterback. Again, if everything goes well around him, the arm strength is good enough. The reads, the poise, the accuracy are all above average, and and he's going to put up solid numbers for you. But as soon as you start to heat him up a little bit, which the Phillies of the world will do in the playoffs, Dallas will do, San Francisco will do, and we saw Green Bay do it on, on Thursday last week, Gary. Jared Goff is just a guy. He's just another guy, and that is the key to beating Detroit, and that's what Green Bay was able to accomplish. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm not so harsh on uh, Jared Goff, but I agree with your points about getting him off his uh, sweet spot areas. Uh, and I and I thought Barry did an exceptional job of game planning for that, unlike the first time they played him. But uh, you know, if if Goff sits in the pocket and has time, I, I think he's he's terrific. But uh, you know that that getting back to that first Lions game. That was the worst game I think the Packers has had defensively. If I'm not mistaken, it's the only game they've given up more than 25 points, right? I mean, they they have not had any – outside of that one game, I don't think they've had any blow-ups uh, defensively. Yeah, that, that seems right. Minnesota scored 24. It felt like more because Minnesota scored early and often and then kind of put it into neutral and, and just kind of – ran the ball and ran out the clock. But yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me, Gary, game to game, but that, yeah. that seemed right. That's the only one that jumps out to me is, is one where they allowed, you know, at least 25 plus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's safe to say uh, there isn't going to be a lot of let's fire Joe Barry talk uh, <laughs> the rest of the year. Although I will say this as fickle as fans are, if, if Mahomes lights them up, you know, which could happen, you know, it's going to be back to square one with Joe Barry. But uh, what what he has done up to this point is, uh, at least in my opinion, been very impressive. Well, I'll just tell you what, the next time he needs an agent, we better have him call you, Gary. Absolutely. <laughs> so anyways, moving on here, uh, we got to talk about the playoffs. You know, at the outset of the season, you and I speculated that uh, – the Packers could make the playoffs. What did you have them down for nine wins I, or ten? I think you had nine or ten. Yeah, I actually, I actually went ten and seven, Gary. And I and went nine. Two, yeah. when, they, when they were when they were two and five, I, I, I looked like <laughs> one of the bigger fools in in the in the in in the state. But tell you what, they're they're hot right now, and I, you know, I I certainly don't anticipate them winning on uh, on Sunday night against against Kansas City. But the way that schedule plays out from there. They'll be favored five in a row, or certainly Absolutely. four and five. Maybe, yes. maybe not at Minnesota. That could be a pick'em kind of a game. We'll see. We'll see how Minnesota plays the next month and and who the quarterback winds up being there. But undoubtedly, they'll be favored against the Giants, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Chicago. Yeah, and if they win those four games, I mean, they they got nine wins, and I would assume uh, 
that would get him into the playoffs. But let's take uh, a, a little deeper dive into the playoff picture. The division winners, for the most part, are settled already. Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Detroit, they're, they're basically locks, right? You're talking to divisional winners? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Philly, Detroit, San Fran? Yeah. So, I mean, the only thing I'd say with Philly, Gary, is that schedule is really hard, right? Don't they still have Kansas City? They go to Dallas. Um, so, but yes, it, it, you know, in, in theory, Philly or Dallas will, will win the East. Detroit should win the win the North, and, and San Francisco's running away with the West. And then it's the question of uh, who survives between Atlanta and, and New Orleans for that fourth spot. Hopefully, so that nobody, be, huh? throw, throw, them both, throw them both out. Yeah, exactly. I, Throw I mean, him out of the league, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Reichel. <laughs> I just, I, I despise this, this every year now. When you know we, we've gone to this watered down eight, uh, eight divisions by four. It's inevitable, Gary. You're always going to, you know, maybe not every year, but every, every two or three years, you're going to have a sub five hundred team in there because just. You know, it's you're just mm-hmm. going to have that random division that sure. you know, has has four mediocre to lousy football teams. Yeah, so you got those four teams that leaves you yep. three wild cards. I would assume Dallas is a lock, although their schedule, Rob, is absolutely brutal the rest of the way. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, but I'm I'm not kidding. They could lose almost every game the rest of the way. I mean, it's out of the realm of possibilities. And if that happens, Mike McCarthy is going to be fired. But let, let, let's assume they split those games. Sure. So they're in. I and mean, Gary, Gary, they are really – I mean, that's one of the five best teams in football. They're, I they're agree. I agree. But they're I, an outstanding football team. So I, I think that's very fair to at least say they'll split them because what do they have right now? Three losses, Dallas, eight and three? Yeah, eight and three. So that would give them 11 and six. I, I think that's more than fair. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would assume so. But, man, I'll tell you what, it is a brutal schedule. And then on top of it, I just wonder how they're going to hold up physically and mentally going through that gauntlet, you know, come playoff time. But that, that that's for another day. So then it essentially comes down to, at least for now, is Minnesota and Seattle and Green Bay, right? And you want to throw anybody else in there? I mean, there's two teams in that crappy south, right, with five wins. New Orleans and Atlanta both have five, don't they? Yeah. So you you could make a case, Gary, that whoever doesn't win that division could factor in for one of the wild card spots because Minnesota and Seattle have six wins. Green Bay has five. I certainly put them fourth among that list. I I would think between uh, Green Bay, Minnesota, Seattle, two of those three get in. And the the Rams have a chance too, Gary. Yeah, and the Packers have beat them. So True. Um, that, that'll come into play. Hey, let, let's run through the schedule real quickly, and you tell me wins or loss. Okay, let's do the Packers first. Kansas City. Loss. Yep, I agree. At New York. Win. Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Win. Uh, at Carolina. Win. At Minnesota. Win. Chicago. Win. So we're saying? 10 and 7. Yeah, 10 and 7. Okay. Gary, I'm going to give you a stat. I'm going to go off off script here just a little bit. Do you know what Green Bay's record is under Matt Lafleur when the calendar turns to December or later? Yeah, yeah. It, it, he's either got zero losses or one. Something cr- ridiculously good. Yeah, it's eight, it's actually eighteen and two. Eighteen and two. Okay. So they're playing nine hundred football. Think about that. 
yeah. in, de- in December and January, right? Just regular season, Gary, not playoffs. Obviously they've, they've been kicked in the head many times in the playoffs under Matt LaFleur. It hasn't been pretty, but the regular season side of things, 18 and two, both losses, Gary to Detroit in the regular season finale, the last two years. Well, now two years ago, Gary, they had the number one seed wrapped up and they played backups. Then last year was the really, you could make a case, the only December, uh, January loss when they went full bore under Matt LaFleur, when they lost the 20 to 16 game to Detroit and Aaron Rodgers final game as a green Bay Packer. But the bottom line, Gary is, you know, for, for whatever reason, and I, and I've talked to guys about this through the years, because this dates back to Favre too. And Rodgers. I looked it up the other day, Gary, you know, they're, they're playing like seven forty football, you know, since 92 in December and January, like they've wow. won about three quarters wow. of their games. Yeah. Dating back to Holmgren and kind of running it all the way through now here to Matt LaFleur. And it is fascinating. And and Gary, you want to know what one of the answers that all these guys give me when, when I ask them, why are you guys so good in, in December and January? Just, just take a random guess. I have no idea. No, I, I, not even a random idea. A lot of them give me the answer, Gary, that, there is nothing to do in Green Bay other than football, okay? And even if you're on the fringe, in a, in a lot of cities, there's a million other temptations, right? You're in New York and you're four and eight, you're going to nightclubs, right? You're you're in LA and and you're doing all these other things. In Green Bay, Gary, knowing how passionate that fan base is, that it's football, 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 and the and the latest the Red Lobster stays open until nine o'clock. Um <laughs> I mean, Gary, football remains your life. And, you know, a third of these teams where they will shut it down here, kind of like Major League Baseball in September, right? And they start to look at AAA guys and and stuff like that. In Green Bay, Gary, every game still matters. Every game is enormous to the fan base. And they make the NBA run for these players. And, you know, so Gary, even on on the rare year, Gary, and there haven't been many, let's be honest, there haven't been many years since 92 where these guys are out of it in December. I mean, I think of 05, the four and 12 year, you know, under, under Mike Sherman, his last year, a couple of those late McCarthy years in, in 17 and 18, they, they were, they were bad and they were, they were done in December, Gary, you know, but for the most part, this team is playing meaningful, meaningful football late in the year even in the times when they're not, these, these games are so enormous to these guys that, you know, again, you're, you're getting a hundred percent effort. You're getting a hundred percent focus. You're getting, you know, laser attention to detail. Gary, I, I just think the fact that they're in the NFL smallest city without a lot of distractions and a lot, a lot of other things going on helps them stay, stay grounded, stay focused. And, and job one is winning a football game. And it, and it's one of the reasons that they've been so unbelievably good late in the season. That makes a lot of sense. That's for sure. I was off track there, but I, I am just blown away, Gary, how well that organization has played late in the season. And, and here we are late in the season and I expect them to continue to play really well. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Let's quickly uh, look at uh, the schedules for uh, Minnesota and Seattle, you give a win-loss response at Dallas. Who is this now? Which team? This is Seattle. Okay, loss. Uh, at San Francisco. Loss. Yep, Philadelphia. You're telling me Seattle has to go Dallas, Philly, and San Fran? No, they go to Dallas and San Fran, 
then they host Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm saying those are the three. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah they're, all, they're they're all losses, Gary. Zero and three. Yeah, exactly. At yeah, Tennessee, should win. Yep, Pittsburgh. Where's the game? I'm sorry. Oh, in Seattle. I'll take Pittsburgh. It'll be a close game. Yeah, I agree. And then finally, they're at Arizona, which should be a W. So should be a win. So, so probably they, Gary two and four, maybe three and three if they're lucky. Exactly. So and, and, that, that, now, and, and what do they sit at right now? Six and five. Yep. So let's give them eight to nine wins. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Minnesota. By the way, did you catch the game uh, Monday night? Well, when I when I could stay awake, Gary, I did. <laughs> and I, yeah. I love defense. Don't get me wrong, but. You know, I, I love a 17-13 a where the offense is actually reasonably good and the defense is just outstanding. That that was just really bad offensive players. And, and yeah, It was. Yeah, two things, though, on the Bears. Uh, for the first time in a long, long time, I thought, you know what? They're starting to get their act together. I thought the uh, Montez Sweat trade was just huge. He impacted their defense last night already. And then uh, – Justin Fields, uh, you know, I've never been a big Justin Fields fan. And last night, he screwed up time and time again. I think he lost two fumbles. And I, I think most quarterbacks would have been deflated, certainly dejected. But he came back on that final drive, and he, and he played like a champion. And I go, you know what? Maybe there is something to Justin Fields after all. And uh, it's going to be very curious to see how he plays down the stretch because obviously, as you well know, they got two very high draft picks. So, Yeah, I have a hunch they're going to move on, Gary. You mentioned the two fumbles. Both came in the fourth quarter at critical moments where they could put that game away. If, 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 you, watch yeah. the majority, if you watch the majority of that game, you know, his decision-making, his accuracy, they're not great by any stretch. That they've given him much better weapons right now, Gary, than he than he's had in the past with with Komet and Moore and Mooney and you know he, he he's he's got some running backs. Herbert out of the backfield can do some damage. The kid they took out of Texas, Johnson's not a bad football player. I mean, he's got a lot more around him than he's had in in the past couple of years. I just you know, by this point in time, Gary, I thought you'd see a much better football player. Than, than where he is. So, no, it that'll be one of the fascinating developments of the offseason. Uh, when, when when Chicago gets the number one pick from Carolina, the way it's looking right now, I guess unless New England jumps up there or somebody like that and, and, and takes it away. If Chicago winds up with that pick, Gary, do they turn the page and, and, and ship fields out of town, right, for a third-round draft pick or something like that and move on to the Caleb Williams era? Yeah, you know, I mean, then you got Marvin Harrison at the top, and and yeah. we'll spend, we'll spend more time in that as draft day approaches. But finally, uh, Minnesota's schedule. All right, and uh, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, they're contemplating making a change at quarterback. Uh, their their offense was in absolute disarray last night. They didn't have a clue. Now and, they will get Justin Jefferson back after the bye, which obviously helps them immensely, but. Uh, the quarterback last night though still was dreadful, right? Let's not absolutely, get and and they got two young unproven guys, you know that that could possibly replace them. I I think they're in a world of hurt, and I brought that up last week, so I'm just repeating myself. But yep. Anyways, they go to Vegas. I expect them to win that. Minnesota at Vegas. Yeah, I don't know, Gary. I mean that 
That quarterback situation's a mess. Let's let's give it a coin toss for now. I'm gonna I'll pick Vegas. Okay. Then they got the Rats Cincinnati. They'll split those two games. Let's say that because because the Bengals are a mess, obviously without Burrow. They're they're trying to win with Browning, and that's not easy. Yeah, and then now here comes the fun part. They host Detroit. I, I'm just I'm not in love with the Lions the way they've played the last two three weeks. They've been sloppy. I agree. They 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 do not instill fear to me in 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 anybody nor should they. But I'll I'll take them, Gary. I I think they're a they're a they're a better group top to bottom on a. And we know how crazy the league is. Uh, anything can happen, but I'll take Detroit probably in a close one there. And uh, here's the game that everybody's already circling green Bay. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest that the, there's a really good chance. That's a playoff game being Absolutely. played in Absolutely. whatever, whatever it is, right. Week 16 or something. Yeah. And then, then they wind up the season at Detroit Oh, all right. So, so they, got, they got Detroit, Green Bay, Detroit. They could conceivably lose all three of them. And they're six and six. Yeah. I'm going to pick them to finish eight and nine, Gary. I know. <laughs> and, and if the Packers that, do it. And that if, might be generous. Yeah. So if the Packers do what you and I think they can do, <laughs> they could have the uh, sixth seed. I mentioned that the other day, Gary. It would be fascinating because let's just say Philly winds up one, San Francisco winds up two, and Detroit winds up three. Yeah. Which I which is kind of how I would think it plays out at this point in time. Do you remember, Gary, back to, to 1993 where uh Green Bay went to Detroit in the playoffs and Favre had the miracle throw to Sterling Sharp sure. to win the football game was kind of Brett Favre's coming out party. And that was a that was a three six matchup back in '93, Gary, where the Packers had to go to Detroit uh, for that football game. It would it would be absolutely wild if that plays <laughs> itself out, and and we get that again thirty years later that the Lions win the division. The the Lions would have won the division, Gary, for the first time in thirty years. And who do they host then in the first round of the playoffs? It, it, it could potentially be Green Bay again. And I would not be shocked whatsoever. If that happens, and now you got Jordan Love then going to Detroit. I mean, that was that was the first time old Brett was in the playoffs, Gary. You know, he had one of the greatest plays in franchise history on that touchdown pass to Sharp late in the game when he threw 50 yards across the field and across his body and found Sharp wide open in the right corner of the end zone. We we could absolutely see that matchup again, the way some of these things could potentially play out, where you see the Lions and the Packers in in round one of the playoffs. Hey, Gary, I'm going to bounce the Rams schedule off of you real quick. Okay. I, I don't think they're dead either. And I think they, you know, they're five and six. They've won two in a row and they have Stafford back now and they see, they seem to be playing okay. All right. Okay. Fire away. Here we go. Uh, home against Cleveland and Cleveland has no idea who its quarterback is. Yeah. Okay. Well, Rams. All right. Uh, Rams at Ravens. Ravens. Yep. Uh, Rams host Washington. Rams. Rams host Saints. Yeah, I got to go with the Rams. I agree. Uh, Rams against the Giants in New York. Need we ask? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then the Rams. And this, this one's interesting, Gary. The Rams finish the year at San Francisco. And the wild thing is, we don't, you know, San Francisco could have nothing to play for that day. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Yeah. Now, on, on, in theory, on you know, on paper, San Francisco is far, far and away the better football team, and theoretically should win. But let's just say San Francisco's locked into the two hole that day, Gary, and they can't move one way or the other, right? They can't jump up and pass Philly. They can't fall down and be passed by Detroit or something like that. You could see all sorts of backups for the 49ers, but I don't know. Let let like I guess for yeah, I, I think Shanahan's not that type of coach. So I think he's going to play to win. All right, and, and I'll take the 49ers. So under that scenario, you have the Rams four and two, so they get to nine wins as well. And then they, they still have to leapfrog the Packers. Yeah, and Green Bay is the head to head there. Right, exactly. So no, I mean it's. It's a, you know, I, I keep seeing all these things, Gary, ESPN stats and analytics, 45% Packers chances, blah, blah, blah. It is, Rob, Rob, that, that's funny that you brought it up. Do you know what the Packers uh, percentage of making the playoffs was going into the Lions game on ESPN's predicting machine? 23. 23, yeah. <laughs> it, it was? So they doubled on one game. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Well, because Gary, it was one of the two most difficult games left on the schedule. And not only did they get it off the schedule, they won it, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, so, I, I get it, but it seems hey, like hey, a Gary, hey, Gary, Gary, I'll just tell you right now, barring a ridiculous rash of injury, if they find a way to win the game Sunday night, they'll be in the playoffs. Oh, no, no question. No question. I mean, you know, again, Rob, as I said earlier, it wouldn't shock me if, if KC ran it, you know, one, one by 14, 17 points. Agree. You know, so I, I have no clue where that game's going, but if the Packers do beat them, man, I'll tell you what, they are trending in the right direction. Yeah. I think they're trending that way anyways. I mean, Gary, we're 50 minutes into this podcast. We haven't even talked about how unbelievably well the quarterback has played the last four games. You know, with with eight touchdowns, two picks, and a one hundred three and a half passer rating, right? I mean, so are you fully convinced? I am convinced. I'm in. All right, I'm in. I'm in. It's 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 time. It's time to pay the man. <laughs> I'd um, give you a standing ovation, but you wouldn't see me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Gary, the 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 thing that has made life so tricky, and I said this from the start for Jordan Love versus Aaron Rodgers fifteen years ago, is just the quality and maybe quality is not the right word, Gary, because I do, I do think love's going to wind up having really quality pass catchers, but let's say the experience of the pass catchers, right? That, that Rogers came back 15 years ago and he had Jennings and he had driver and he, and he had Nelson and he had Finley and he had James Jones coming off an outstanding rookie year. Um, And he brought back all five starters on that offensive line. And Jordan Love is playing really right now, Gary, with a U23 team, right? Everybody's a baby on that on that pass-catching group. Yeah. And the first six or eight games, I mean, let, let's be honest, it, it was ugly, and everybody wanted to blame the quarterback, and, and we put a lot of it on the quarterback. Um, but, Gary, it wasn't just the quarterback. It was receivers being in the wrong place. It was, you know, guys running wrong routes. It was the offensive line forgetting how to block it at times, and that was supposed to be a strength. It was the running back group, Gary, that you wanted to put, you know, if, if you were Matt LaFleur and his offensive people, you wanted to put as much possible onto that running back group this year as you could, and it was a running back group that could not stay healthy and primarily Aaron Jones, and then that could not run the ball with any consistency in A.J. Dillon. 
And somehow Jordan Love has stayed steady through all this, Gary, and he's gotten better and better week after week. I made the case the other day during that Lions game, Gary, that the only quarterbacks for sure right now in the NFC, now the AFC is a whole nother animal. There's 10 really good quarterbacks in the AFC that you would have no problem starting your franchise with. But in the NFC, Gary, where it's, where it's not very good at the quarterback position, I mean, outside of uh, Hertz in Philly, Dak in Dallas, and probably Purdy in San Francisco, I'm not sure there's anybody you could tell me right now that Jordan Love isn't, isn't a better quarterback then. Yeah, you got Kirk Cousins out, obviously. I would put Cousins ahead of him. I, I would too, Gary, but the thing obviously that makes it tricky is how can he come back from that injury, right? Right, right exactly. And I agree with you. It, it also tells you there aren't a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFC. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right. know, you know. I mean, I, I thought of this the other day too, even like Geno Smith. I mean, uh, a nice quarterback, but is he going to take, take you to the promised land? Not hardly. I, I, I You know what? I'm still on the Derek Carr bandwagon. He, he's had somewhat of a rough time in New Orleans, but he's proven over his career that he can be at least a top 12 quarterback in the league. So, well, I, I guess what I would say, Gary, is from this point in time, moving forward, how many quarterbacks, you know, and keep in mind, Jordan Love's still 24. Right. How many, how many quarterbacks in the NFC would you take before you would take you know, Jordan Love, because maybe you would argue Jared Goff too, but Jared Goff's in what, Gary, about his 10th year, ninth year, something like that. Jared Goff's been around a long time. So just, you know, moving forward, how many of these guys would you, would you take inside the NFC before Jordan Love? And to me, the only three I would say absolutely on are, are Hertz, Dak and, and Purdy and, and Purdy. The only reason I'm saying that Gary is because he's playing for the greatest offensive mind, arguably, in the league. I mean, Mike, you know, Kyle Shanahan can make a lot of really average football players look great at that position. Now I think Purdy's Purdy's really talented and a lot of people missed on him, Gary, but, but a ton of that too, ton of his success right now is coming because of that head coach. Oh, I I couldn't agree with you more, Rob. I mean, love is 25. And you know, when we have this conversation again next year, hopefully he might be one, you know, top two or three, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's not like Prescott and even Hertz are like Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I mean, they're very good quarterbacks, but you know, they're they're nothing uh, of Hall of Fame caliber in my mind. Gary, his ceiling to me keeps going up, and I said at the start of the year, people asked me where do you think he can be, and I said maybe around ten or twelve. I said I I said I thought the floor was probably no worse than eighteen ish. Yeah, uh, when you were ranking ranking the quarterbacks, I said, but my guess is maybe the ceiling's ten or twelve. Gary, that ceiling could wind up being five, six, seven, somewhere in there. Where, um, I mean, if 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 he continues to progress and play like he like he has the last month of the season, I mean, Gary, he was absolutely lights out in that Lions game. You know, ma- making throws from different arm angles and slots that you know, that, that Rodgers and Favre made famous doing so in, in Green Bay that Patrick Mahomes does. Not many guys in the league can make some of the throws that, that he was making uh, through the through the course of that game. And and here's the other thing, Gary, is these young receivers around him now, everyone that's 22 and 23 that he's playing catch with right now, as they grow up, 
and they're 25 and 26 all of a sudden, and and Love is in his fourth year or whatever as a starting quarterback, my goodness, Gary, that, that could be just a ridiculously potent offense down the road here a couple of years. Yeah, no arguments from me, that's for sure. Uh, let's touch briefly on the uh, Packer-Chiefs game. Uh, you know, the uh, $64,000 question surrounding this game is, will Taylor Swift be in attendance? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, by the way, did you see her comment last week? She goes, she couldn't name anybody on the Packers' defense. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll give her credit. I wouldn't be able to name all four starters in the secondary either. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 not sure even the most diehard of Wisconsin people could have named the secondary last week either, Gary. Yeah. So, uh, you know, going into the season, Rob, I, I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I'm sticking with my prediction, but they haven't looked all that impressive. I, I know the record is eight and three, but uh, they've lost two of their last what four games, I believe. And uh, they lost to Denver, and they lost to Philadelphia. Philadelphia, obviously, a great team. Denver, not so much. But they don't inflict the fear of God in in teams like they did in recent years, in my mind. Certainly not offensively, Gary. And and they've had to be incredibly clever, e- even to rank where they do. They're they're eighth in total offense, Gary. They're only eleventh in points. It it might be the worst group of wide receivers in football. I mean, and it, they it, have been it, trying to upgrade that position for the last two, three years. Well, Gary, they, you know, but it was only a year and a half ago they traded Tyreek Hill. So yes, yes. Um, this is Hill's second year in Miami, and that completely changed um, everything that they did offensively. That guy opened up the world underneath for so many people, primarily Travis Kelsey. Now, Kelsey still is, you know, the premier tight end in football. But if you've watched him, Gary, over the last three, four, five games, he is slowing down a little bit. He's still, in essence, a number one wide receiver. That's how they use him. He's a number one. But, Gary, where they're where they're much better is, is they really do run the ball well. The offensive line is, is, is high level. You remember when they lost that Super Bowl a few years back to Tampa Bay, I, I think Mahomes was pressured on roughly 50% of his passes that day, Gary. They got after him from start to finish. Now, that was a dynamic Tampa Bay defensive front, uh, but but Kansas City couldn't block worth a lick that year, and somehow Mahomes got him to the Super Bowl. They've got a really good offensive line right now, Gary, and and they can run the ball, and they go to more play action and let, let Mahomes improvise and try to get some stuff done in the pass game that way. But there's not a wide receiver on that roster, Gary, that probably would get a whole lot of snaps on, you know, on a, on a Philadelphia, on a Detroit, on a San Francisco, you know, on a Buffalo, on your high level uh, uh, offensive teams in the league. It's it's a bad group of wide receivers. But Gary, here's why I I do agree with you. I and I and I do think they're going to win the Super Bowl when it's all said and done. I think they'll beat Baltimore in the AFC title game in Baltimore. And here's why, Gary, because that defense is for real. And Patrick, Patrick Mahomes has never had a defense like this. Tom Brady, as good as Tom Brady was, Gary, he was always blessed with a terrific defense, or for the most part, uh, the best defensive mind in the league, obviously, in Bill Belichick. And it's a huge reason, you know, Brady won six in New England and then won a seventh later on uh, in Tampa Bay. This is far and away the best defense Patrick Mahomes has, has had behind uh, him. I think they're fourth, Gary, in total defense. They're third in points allowed. 16 points a game, Gary. That's all they're giving up. Mm. Um, and if you think of 
you think of the you know the Chiefs the last few years, Gary, they're getting through in the postseason by winning games, what, 34, 31, 37, right. 30, right? Uh 40, 39, whatever, right? I mean, but but high scoring affairs, shootouts that Mahomes out battles Josh Allen at the end, right? He out, he has to find a way to out battle Joe Burrow or somebody like that to to get through. He, you know, three four years back, Gary, when he finally passed Tom Brady, he was winning shootouts against Tom Brady, and that's how they were winning games. Well, now Gary, they can win with a run game, with a defense, and then the brilliance of Patrick Mahomes. And it's you know, I I think Andy Reid is so unbelievably good as a head coach that that they're winning games in a different manner in 2023 than they did in 2019 or 2021, but Gary, they're, they're, they're still good enough. Um, you know, with, when, when you add it all together to win 13, 14 games, the road could easily go through arrowhead when it's all said and done. Um, and I think they win a game on, on Sunday night, Gary, maybe like 23, 20, I think it's going to be close. Um, I don't think you'll see anything close to a shootout. I think green Bay hangs around from, from start to finish. Um, but Kansas City's just got – they have the best player in the world, and now they have a top-five defense, and, and that's going to be a lot for Green Bay to overcome. Yeah, you know, back in the early 90s, Rob, I was in Green Bay, and I was walking down a hallway in the uh, Packers facility, and there's this guy coming in my direction, just a huge guy, 6'5", maybe about 250. Couldn't really tell who it was till I got close, and, and even when he got closer – I didn't know who he was. And all of a sudden, he extends his hand to me. He goes, hey, how you doing? You know? And I go, good, blah, blah, blah. We had a conversation. This guy couldn't have been nicer to me. I mean, he was talking about my family. It was like, you know, we had been friends like 10 years, right? It was Andy Reid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good things happen to good guys. And Andy Reid made such a distinct impression on me. I mean, you know, he could have blew me off and just walked by. At that time, though, Rob, he was like, I forgot what his title was under Holmgren. I mean, he was like, you know, maybe the 10th guy on the staff. Yeah, I think he was the tight ends coach, Gary. Yes, tight end, quality control, or whatever it was. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, man, is this guy personal? He's outgoing. And uh, to to see the success that he has had, you know, over the years, you know, it's really great. I agree. I mean, one of Ron Wolf's, I I became really close to Ron Wolf in in his later years, and then once he was done in Green Bay. But he said one of his greatest regrets was that they had a thing back in the '90s, Gary, where you could put a tag in the off season on every you know on one one coach on your staff. You could tag a guy, right, and, right, and then, exactly. And then he wasn't allowed to jump ship and, right. and wind up coaching somewhere else. Um, and there was a certain offseason, Gary, and I forget who the Packers put the tag on. Might have been Ray Rhodes or Mariucci or somebody like that. Uh-huh. And and that was the year where Andy Reid then got the Philly job. And and Ron Wolf, you know, said for years, he said, God, I, I, I wish so much I would have tagged. That was about 97, Gary, that, that he really said, I, I wish I would have tagged Andy Reid. Because then when Holmgren left after the 98 season, he could have just promoted Andy Reid, and then Andy Reid would have been the Packers coach. Think of how history could have changed yeah. if it wasn't Ray Rhodes coming back to Green Bay in 99 
and Andy Reid was still on that staff, Gary, and they could have just promoted from within, and he could have jumped up and 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 taken that head coach job when when Mike Holmgren left. So I mean, things obviously happen for a reason, but Andy Reid sticking around Green Bay would have been a tr- tremendous, tremendous thing for the Packer organization, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Yeah, that 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 uh, time is vivid to me to this day. I mean. I think it was like late 90s, 2000, somewhere around there. And I got to tell you this real quick story. Do you know who Bob Lamont is by any chance? Yep, yep. Okay. I am on the phone one night with Bob Lamont, and I, I'm not sure what we were talking about. And he goes, So, yeah. so Gary, let, 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 our, let our listeners know who that the, about Lamont is. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, Olympic he, agents. Yeah, he's he's a NFL super agent. I mean, probably he's got to be, what, one of the top two, three guys? Yeah. He's the top guy as far as coaches go. He, and you know the nice thing about it? Rob, he lives in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> that is nice. <laughs> of all the places to live, that would be right yeah. up there for me. <laughs> but we're on the phone, and we're just having a conversation. I can't recall what it was in regard to, but he goes, oh, by the way, uh, Andy's flying to Philadelphia. And I go, really? He goes, yeah, he's interviewing for the Eagles head coaching job, okay? <laughs> and I'm like, like, I got a better chance than Andy Reid of getting that job. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that, you know, but Andy Reid at that time, I mean, again, he was not one of the uh, Packers, you know, top coaches or, or perceived to be top coaches. But, man, he, he has certainly been unbelievable. At 25 and, years and, as coach now. And, and then he got that Philadelphia job, didn't he, Gary? He did. And, and yep. like, like I said, I, I can see why Mahomes loves playing for that guy, you know? Um, they, they, they got an incredible rapport, those two, and, uh, it shows on the field. Everybody he's had Gary, right. From Donovan McNabb to Alex Smith. I mean, he's, he's an offensive mastermind. He really is. It's an offensive league. You've got to be great on that side of the ball. I mean, Kansas city is a really good organization, top to bottom, Gary, but the one position group right now that they have not blessed Reed and Mahomes with his wide receivers, and and there aren't a lot of head coaches out there, Gary, that could turn water to wine the way Andy Reid could right now with with some of these goofballs he has out there trying to catch passes, including Marquez Valdez Scantling, who's going to come back, you know, to 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 Green Bay, and um, you know, we all we all know around here, you know, what a disappointing four years he he had as a as a, as a Green Bay Packer, but you know, trying to get by with you know, the Rashi Rices of the world and the Kadarius Tonys, that's 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 tough sledding, Gary. And and Mahomes and this group are getting it done. And 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 it starts at the top, obviously, with Andy Reid, who's who's really as good as it gets. I mean, if you know, Belichick's reputation has taken a little bit of a hit uh in the in the post Brady era. I mean, you, you could certainly make a case right now that Andy Reid is the best coach in football. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, if I'm not mistaken He's won or had a winning season like 10 or 11 straight years now. I mean, that's unbelievable, you know? Him and Tomlin. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just remarkable how they can yep. sustain excellence, you know? So, anyways, well, Rob, the game horn has sounded. <laughs> Another podcast is in the books. Uh, thank you, my man. Take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and Woofle'sPressBox.com.